Welcome to the Teach Us podcast, a place for Australian teachers to tell their stories and hear from passionate educational program facilitators across Australia. Happy listening. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in with us again. It's Julie here and I'm with Heidi. And um, today we have a special guest from the Rocks Walking Tour um, in Sydney. So, um, hi, Fiorella. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Fiorella and um, I work at the Rocks Walking Tour. So, I work in um, Sydney's oldest European uh, suburb. Very good. So, Fiorella, we work with you all of the time, but uh, can you explain to our listeners what the Rocks Walking Tour actually is? Okay, so the Rocks Walking Tours, we do um, guided walking tours around, as I mentioned before, Sydney's oldest European neighbourhood. And we use the buildings and the area to help tell the story of um, the British history of Sydney and of Australia. So why they came and how they changed the environment and the impact they have on the Aboriginal people. So we do daily walking tours for lots of tourists, whether they're um, international or domestic, so like Sydney siders or from different states of um, Australia. But we also do run an educational program um, and we have a couple of different tours that we do that relate to different stage levels. So for example, for Year 3 and Year 4, we do what's called Arrival of the First Fleet, where we dress um, the students up as governors, soldiers and convicts, uh-huh. the free settlers. <laughs> uh, we give them little um, lanyards with um, historical figures to help us tell the story of when the um, British first came to Australia in 1788. And then we also got what we called um, a history and heritage, which mainly looks um, for year five and six, um, also sort of senior students, so through high school. And that sort of uh, is about what it was like to live in the rocks, the social history, you know, what's the same, what's different, what was life like for the people who lived here in the rocks area um, throughout the 1800s and early 1900s mm. and just what, um, yeah, what, what's changed and what's the same. And Fiorella, do you get the older children to dress up or just the younger ones? <laughs> Yeah, we basically find it's the younger ones, year three, year four. They they really enjoy that. Um, we don't have too many year fives and six that like to dress up. Yeah. Um, but, it's, but it's also that it's relevant to whatever they're learning. So the, it's, it's, our educational program is curriculum-based. So right. each of our tours relates to whatever that stage group is learning um, in that, uh, during that time. So, for example, for, for older students, say in high school, we've got um, what's called the, um, the, uh, the green bands of the rocks. So the green bands is a period of time in the rocks when um, in the 1970s, the government was looking at demolishing all of the rocks areas to modernise this part of Sydney. And um, what happened around that time that prevented us um, lo- from losing the history that we've got here. So, and... So the green bands was um, some bands that were put in place to stop demolition of the actual buildings here in this area. So, but it was mainly because of um, saving people's homes more than the historical value at that time. And we were just lucky enough that um, that helped to save the history as well. So yeah, we are very Oh, definitely. It's, and it's, look, it's an amazing place. Little, lots of little hidden laneways and courtyards. It's, um, they're, little, they're little gems, actually. And it's, it's a really, I've got to say, it's a really cool place to work. It has a really good vibe. Um, and I just love coming here every day. It's, it's great. You've got one of the best backdrops for your office, your daily office, that I think 
anybody anywhere could possibly have with the the Sydney Harbour and the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge in your view every day. Oh, it's fabulous. Every day I get off the train and, you know, like you say, on one side I got the Opera House and the other side I got the Harbour Bridge and I just go, wow, I'm so lucky to be working here. And, you know, um, know, we've got a staff, we're about 20 people. Um, I I stay in the office but I do a bit of guiding as well and um, we don't look at what we do with the job. We love what we do. We love sharing the history, you know, the European history of this area Um, and just, you know, we, we get Sydney siders that come and go, oh, didn't, you know, didn't really know about that. Didn't, yes. you know, didn't know much of that. Didn't know much of this because, you know, back at school, you only get taught um, basic mm. Australian history. I, well, I'm talking about back when I was at school. Um, so, you know, it's not till you actually start reading and take an avid interest, you start learning about the history that's um, within our own backyard. And, uh, you know, so we love what we do. We, like, it's a great backdrop. Um, we get to work work in one of the most beautiful cities in the world and share the history, um, the European history of this area. And you do that so well. I've been fortunate enough to actually participate in at least two, maybe three um, rocks walking tours with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I have learned things every single time um, with um, the history of the area. But for me... Physically being there and standing in what was once somebody's house and it's, you know, maybe four square metres and they would have a family of, well, you could tell me how many, you know, would have lived in that uh, space. On average, and, you would have had average 10 people per family. Yeah. yeah wow. And and I think, you know, when, when I experienced that and I could stand there and, and sort of spread my arms out and look at the space around me and and start to think about what life would have been like for those families um and little things like the drainage you know so if you lived at the bottom of the hill you got everybody else's drainage you know higher up the hill i know and we we actually take for granted um how you know a lot of those things like you know gas electricity Sewerage, water systems, um, you know, it's not in Australia, it's, um, or in Sydney, I should say, um, it's a relatively new thing. Mm. Yes. Like I found out not too long ago that um, we used to have dunnymen up until the 1980s. And a dunnyman was someone who would come and empty yes. tanks. Yes. And 1980s, and that's only like, what, 30 years ago? I wow. grew up in a house, well, I didn't grow up, I lived um, for a very short amount of time down the south coast when I was a little, little girl and we still had the dunny man come around and, yeah, wow. take the take the full toilet mm-hmm. and drop off the empty one. And they were coated in tar or something, I seem to remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway... I still remember that. That was part of my childhood. I'm really showing yeah, my age. So, I know. It's, it's, it's really interesting, um, you know, lo- lots of things. And, you know, um, I have an Italian background, heritage. You know, when you look at Europe and stuff like that and you just go, wow, the history is so old. Um, you know, the Australian, the European history is quite young, but it's very, um, there's lots of many different layers and, there's a lot, you know, you, you, as you as you dig and read and research, you, you, you go on different tangents and you start learning all these new and different and interesting things. And then, of course, that European history then sits on top of the Aboriginal history, which, you know, yes. is, 
you know, one of the oldest surviving, you know, cultures in the world. And it, it's a, the Australian story is just really interesting and incredible, I think, because you've got those two different histories and um, one is just as important as the other. And really, and, the, where you work, the Rocks area in Sydney, that would be um, really uh, one of the main places where those two cultures um, came head to head and where there is um, such a story to tell about both of those cultures and, um, yeah, the, the interaction between them and the birthplace of European settlement. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, like when the first fleet came and, um, you know, Governor Philip Black decided on Sydney Cove or Circular Key, as we call it today, to be the place of settlement, you know, the Gadigal people were the first um, ones to be impacted by the arrival of the British mm. and and had to suffer the consequences of, you know, the colonies slowly growing and growing. Because, um, you know, in, in a period of um, 80 years, so from 1788 to 1868, um, you know, the British sent over 160,000 convicts to Australia. Goodness. That so would have had a, a... Yeah. A massive impact. Huge, yeah, huge, huge impact on, on the Aboriginal people mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the loss of land and so forth. So, but, yeah, Sydney, so Sydney Cove is where it all started. And, um, yeah, so, no, really interesting that, uh, yeah, to work in this place and um, have the two. Yeah. And so um, for our schools from right around Australia, um, we often do um, mention the Rocks Walking Tours and, and the... Um, benefit for them you know if if they're in western australia for example or the northern territory they don't have access to the same sites and the same um history that is available in the rocks area of sydney so i oh, think definitely. that's Definitely, because um, you know, like Western Australia, um, when when it was first established, was established as a free colony, free free mm. settlement. Yes. They didn't get convicts until much later to help them build the city. Um, so transportation to Sydney stopped in 1840, um, but continued on for another 28 years, and it was actually um, they were sent to Western Australia to help mm. um, with construction because they were they didn't have enough people for for construction and labour and so forth. Um, so yeah, they wouldn't have the early convict history that um, Sydney has, yeah, and also like uh, for example Hobart. Hobart um, Hobart has very early convict history as well because yeah. that was um, yes outside of New South Wales is the second oldest um, settlement. Settlement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Fiorella, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Um, are you a historian? Are you a, a teacher? What has led you into your current role and working with the Rocks Walking Tours? Okay, well, I used to be a teacher's assistant um, and then had a career change about four years ago. Um, lost my job, so I decided to, what am I going to do with myself? And I do love history. Um very connected to my own culture, my so my background, because I was born here in Australia, but I'm um, very connected to my Italian culture. So yeah. I thought, oh, you know, I love cooking and I love history. Um, I thought maybe one day I would um, could do the payment to guide tours over in Italy because I have a girlfriend who um, oh. did the tour guiding course. 
And I went, oh, you know, I like that. And I like talking to people and I like sharing. So um, I did the course at TAFE uh, three years ago. And um, part of that TAFE course, we had to do an assessment on the rocks. And so that's where my, you know, my passion for the Australian history is sort of coming in because, you know, I love history. And I went, wow, I would just absolutely love to work around here. You you, you, you don't realise, especially being a Sydney sider, you kind of, you know the rocks is here, but you forget it's here. I think Sydney-siders think of the rocks as some really good pubs and good food. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So um, keep it, I'll try and keep it short. Um, so just so happened at the time that I finished my case course, Michael, who was the owner of the business, um, yeah. took over and was looking for staff and I applied for the job and started as a casual tour guide. Oh, fantastic. And so the school and groups that come in, um, what do you see? Do you see a difference from when they arrive, you know, in the morning, for example, and then they go on a tour? Can you actually see their understanding growing um, throughout the tour? Yeah, to a to, degree. To like, I always finish off my tours and say, you know, um, now because there's a lot we do, I've got to say, in, in especially with um, with all our tours, we do a lot of talking. Um, we do ask the children questions and try and make it as interactive as possible, but we're sharing a lot of information. So I always end my tours and I say, guys, hands up if you've learned one or two new things today. Um, you go, because every student learns a bit differently, takes in different things. Um, yeah, and the thing is, the kids are outside and they're enjoying being outside. So for us, even if they just, um, you know, it's a real visual Yes. Um, experience for them. And so, so if, you know, if, if they've learnt one or two new things, um, because then, you know, every child will learn something different, mm. um, hopefully they share that all back at the classroom when the teacher sort of tries to wrap up the whole um, you know, experience and get them more sharing. Yes. So, and so, yeah. But it is a very, yeah. sorry, it is a very visual thing. And for some, some schools, especially like interstate or country kids, um, sometimes for not all of them, but for a percentage, it's their first trip to Sydney. Yeah. That's right. Yes. So they're taking in so much more than just the history of the Rocks area. Mm. They're taking yes. in a big city with multi-storey buildings and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's a great visual because, like, um, you know, especially if you, if you were to stand on the um, – sometimes we take school groups when there's no ships in, we take them up to the overseas passenger terminal. Mm-hmm. And we get them to look at the city, and it's really great because on the right, if you're facing um, Circular Quay, mm. the station, if you look to your right, you've got the historical part of Sydney, the old part, mm. and then you look over to the left, and it's all very modern high rises. So it's a great visual contrast to say, you know, you tell the kids, you know, up until the 1960s, there were no high rises. So Sydney mm. looked like what it does on your on your right, mm. and then from the 1960s onwards that explosion of skyscrapers and tall buildings and so forth, there's, there's a visual difference and yet they can really see it. Yes. And so on that note of um, students learning and sharing something that they've learnt, have you got a little piece of the rocks, um, you know, trivia or information that you can teach us today? Oh, jeez. Um, nice little interesting story I've got um, for you is hello. I think we might have lost we her might there. Have. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I don't know if she's coming back or not, but that was Fiorella from The Rocks Walking Tours in Sydney. Yeah. And it is a fantastic um, tour to go and do. I can highly recommend it if ever you are in Sydney, um, you know, just for business or leisure, whatever, I would recommend that you go and book on one of those tours. You will not be disappointed. No. It's just fantastic. And our school groups that go and do those tours, um, are, yeah, the teachers rebook year after year. That's right. That's I think that's one of the most um, booked venues in Sydney. Yeah. There's so much to learn. Yes. That ties in with so many parts of their curriculum at the moment. So yeah. a wealth of information. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a review. Tell us what you'd like to hear more of and what we can do better. And we'll see you next time. Have a good week.